0: So, to wish everyone well with the day, as the energies rise into the day. yeah, you know, coming into the daylight out of the darkness, and contact, impressions, people moving around, things to do. Mm. Staying within the boundary, the physical boundary, and also the you say the atmospheric boundary. You know, what are we doing here? Keep things tidy. Perform mm-hmm. the basic duties. Welcome the visitors. Create a place for people to sit quietly. Accept responsibility. Be eager to. You know, attune to that. Careful care for, caring responsibility for Dhamma, to be practiced and sustained. It's our responsibility has gone forth people, particularly. We have no other responsibilities. We've given them up. But with the arising of sense contact, pressions then naturally contact arises, perceptions arise, felt meanings arise, you know, signals arise, triggering happens, we get a little bit activated, mm. trying to restrain speech, you know, at least moderate it, in terms of how much more energy, how much more stuff we put into the collective field. I mean, this is a good practice mm. so it's not aversion to anything it's just the sensitivity moderating one's own energy and the impact we have on each other One learns quite a lot how to simplify how to find time and place this is cultivation of careful attention mm. careful attention over what you contact. Mm. what stimulates, what um, agitates, what steadies, what is purposeful. Mm. So mm. there's the effort. Effort's a very heavy kind of word, but there's how we apply our energy these things, or this is practice, or this is requires careful attention, remember however many protocols we establish still, it's not about just going on to automatic, but also keeping your eyes open, open, receptive, mm-hmm. being able to sense what's right, tune in. In particularly, of course, in terms of your own intimate environment, body, mind, resting, exercising, whatever is needed, meditation practice to sustain and deepen the process of care for attention. So it's just over the period of this last series of teachings, I'm just noticing more frequently how the topic of careful attention keeps coming up. <laughs> you know, often I don't have a lot of plans for these sessions, but you notice particular themes start occurring. And as it's said, right in the second sutta, the majima, you know, opens up by saying you know the dissipation the ending of the outflows the ending of the corruptions is carried through by careful attention you know, so that's that's the beginning <laughs> you know, that's where we start doing our chores that's where we continue 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 to, Careful attention. What's the end? What's the you know? How does that arrive to the unconditioned, deathless Nirvana? Mm. The sequence that I recall occurs several times. This uh, Buddha saying, you know, directs one's Chitta, one's awareness, lifts them, turns them away from the aggregates. Thus this is peaceful, this is sublime. That is the calming of all sankara, the abandonment, relinquishment, giving up, letting go of upadi. Acquisitions, residues, accumulations, habits, might say. Destruction of craving, thirst, tanha, dispassion, ceasing, nibbana. This is peaceful, this is sublime. Calming of sankhara, the relinquishment of upadi, Destruction of Tanha, dispassion, ceasing, Nibbana. Mm. So unpick some of that careful attention Sankara. We have the bodily Sankara is the bodily energy, mm. which is regulated primarily through breathing and out, but it's not that's not all it is, that's the that's the Thing that connects to all of it and is able to regulate it, but all the time that's the, the vitality of our nervous system, you could say. The autonomic nervous system where we get jumpy or tense or cramped or loose or jittery. Hmm. A calming. Calming of Vajjisankara as ways we think formulate concepts, jump to conclusions, babble and blurt. <laughs> and some, I don't know how they did this with somebody, some kind of, did surveys and analysed that most thoughts, 95% of the thoughts that are occurring you've already had. It's just going through it again. It gets stuck, (laughs) the calming of that uh, that process. How is it calm, well, we begin to loosen our contact with the topics, things to think about. We might say, well, let's be a bit more scrupulous about what we think about. But even just whatever we think about, we kind of take it lightly. We're not proclaiming. We're not, you know, every thought is just a thought. It's just a thought. A certain, this is called mindfulness of thinking. It's a process. You're more focusing... On the effect of the thinking, whether it stimulates, sends you into despair, uh, gets you excited, gets you into a tangle of habit where you're rec- reciting various should be, shouldn't be, ought to be, shouldn't be, this, 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 you know, it was, it was, you know, those kind of little vortexes, you know, loosening, feeling the energy of the thought process, and then steadying, turning it towards this is body this movement, just this very simple thing. You notice particularly when we do any action, walking, moving around, just to stay with the action till it's done. It doesn't sound like a very profound practice, but you notice basically, you know, as we're doing something, say, you know, you pick up a cup of tea, and as you're putting it down, as you're putting it down, you're losing interest in that, so your mind is going to the next thing. Because the picking it up was the important thing, getting it to your mouth was important, and then after that, it's not important. So you don't really notice the physical act of putting it down. Your mind is always somebody else. Just to stay with that till it's completed. You don't have to do it especially slowly. You know, it's not to be done in a lugubrious artificial way, but just to stay with that, down, next thing. Same with walking, you know, get get the foot on the ground before the next one's jumped off. So using this to calm the thinking process, calm the energy behind it, tethering it to the movement of the body and also just how pleasant how agreeable, how satisfying is this experience, mm. this energy? Can it be steadied by thinking of topics that conduce to ease, goodwill? Mm. Gratitude. There's a steady contentment. Relinquishment. Not interested in worldly things, things that get people stirred up, just not interested. Not going into the past and scratching the old wounds, not interested. Not concocting futures, it's, it'll happen, the future will happen. It always happens by itself. Just yeah. So this kind of training around thought stilling, because we find of all the important things to consider yeah and of course thinking always you know, idea of something important to think about. But perhaps the most important thing to think about is how to calm the thinking process. you know, because if it doesn't, you know, how does that feel, you know, relentlessly churning stuff out? Mm. Yeah, it's something certainly, I mean, I can think. but then, you know, retreat time particularly, don't read. Try to avoid as many emails as possible without being hostile. Just, I'm, I'm a pretty compulsive thinker. I can concoct quite elaborate trains of thought. Just, you know, just, Just look at the dawn, sweep the floor, drink the tea, clean the cup do some exercise, just, you know, get that thing to change gear. When one has the opportunity, you know, sometimes there isn't. We've really got to get it going. So when it's an opportunity, really good to, you know, do this. Calming. And the experience, not, I'm not allowed to think or talk, but the energy is, steadier, if I both relinquish certain topics and tune in to other topics of thought and eventually just relax that into non-conceptual activity, feeling mood, body, breathing, space, silence, listening. Still in calming, the um, heart formation Chitta sankara emotional stimulation which is really where, you know, it's where everything arises, the buttons are pushed and out it comes, emotional reactions, so this we have to really, uh, you know, be very simple about it, simplistic about it because it's, it's a vast world, our reflexes and feelings. Sensitivities, what we're sensitive to, moved by, a bit numb around, you know, it certainly requires some refreshment, tuning in, but calming, you know, maybe it will find its own balance if we do the necessary bit of calming it, maybe, you know, it will find its own way. So where does this arise from? Jitta Sankara activations, heart activations arise from perceptions. Something touches us. There's a feeling, being touched. Urgent, important, horrible, distasteful, delightful. And there's where you get your mindfulness, your careful attention to mindfulness around that, that nerve ending. Maybe so, maybe so. Let's just get some space around that. Because of all the things to be sensitive about, of all the things we feel important, of all the things that are urgent and necessary, the most urgent, necessary and important is to calm the jitta-sankara, to how you're activated. Then, you know, you can be actioned in steady, careful, purposeful ways saying calming it has been annihilating, calming and then just not so much activation going on you get scrambled and you, get, you know and then there's activation about being scrambled and we fight with ourselves and you know the system overcooks very common. It's a privilege, a rare privilege to be able to find a situation we don't have to have fifteen buttons being pushed at the same time. Mm. It really has profound effects that that. And when we're in a technological age where literally buttons, buzzers, signals, sirens, flashing lights are happening. You know, activation is there. <laughs> They're built in Sankara activators to get you jumping. And eventually your system gets attuned to that. As I've narrated many incidents, you know, somebody was working for a big telecommunications company, she was processing up to 64, you know, events at any given time. So, to unplug from that was... Even if she tried to give herself five minutes and had a group of people come round to just sit and don't even meditate, just unplug. The unplugging made her feel nauseous. She just couldn't orient around the unplugs. They just couldn't handle it. Physical nausea. The system just got so used to being at that rate. It was like too steep. And so we get we get morphed. By what we plug into, and to be able to, you know, to recognise, yeah. So perhaps you can't unplug everything, but just take out what you can. You know, and then plug in to something that goes the other way. Plug into chanting. Plug into, yeah. You know, loving kindness. Plug into recollecting, you know, your friends and relatives. And with kindness, respect, forgiveness, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're activating in ways that tend towards, yeah, kind of tidying up or soothing, rather than more to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is really you know, you've got major theme of what cultivation's about. It's just this unplugging, replugging. And plugging in to what's necessary to help support the whole program of um, calming, steadying, and find your way with that, how much you need. So I've often found myself, yes, you know, physical stuff helps me to unplug from my thinking mind. Yeah. Physical movement physical work even, simple, helps me to change the rhythm. And so, and here we have that advantage of being able to be physical, when living in a forest monastery, walking, you know, gathering wood, soaking the fire, sweeping the yard. Seemingly menial chores, but actually Really helpful for that steadying process, and you have no destination you calm that source of activation process takes care of itself we do practice this is calming relinquishment. Abandonment is really to do with what are called the acquisitions or the residues. These words are not that user-friendly, are they? But it's upadi is the Pali word which is associated with upadana, clinging. And clinging, you know, we can feel guilty that I'm a kind of person who clings a lot to bagels or or something, you know, the Whatever, but uh, it's not quite the case. It's the case that clinging occurs, and I, the experience of self, arises as a result of that. Clinging is a mechanism that occurs driven by craving, and that mechanism snaps, the jaws close around something, and this sequence, dependent origination, is Tanha Upadana Bhava. Bawajati. So trigger, feeling, contact, feeling, feeling, triggers craving, craving, snap, the jaws close, clinging. From the clung state, which is a contracted kind of fixation on something, there arises the experience. Consciousness locks, because it's it's in a locked position that locked consciousness, that locked mind consciousness is experienced as a solid person. Well, you know, not a physical person, but a psychological person. Right? So if you get the feeling of it, you know, the sense of it, craving is about to have, about to get, could get, clinging is got it. And the got it, the mind consciousness which has just been processing this, that, and the other, fixates, there's a a fixation, locking experience, and that gives rise to the sense of being a a locked being. (laughs) Even if the lock is only for five minutes, or three minutes, there's that moment, firming, locking. And that's becoming. Once those jaws of clinging close, sense of... uh, being, being something arises. Being something who wants to become something else, wants to become something less, wants more of this, wants less of that. Bhava becoming jati, birth. Here I am again, with my occupations and so forth. And then once you that's established, then process continues, more feeling, more contact more volitions, more activations, more craving, clinging, becoming. And why is this process so insidious? Because that sense of cling gives rise to a kind of fake identity. Uh, A solidity. Clinging holds me together. Literally. (laughs) And, you know, There's a firmness about it. It may not be pleasant, but it certainly firms you up, firms up the mind. If the mind has no other firmness apart from that, that's what it will do. You have no choice in the matter. Jitta needs something to to hold it together. And if it's not held together by, by itself, by its presence, by its own innate or lost firmness, it has to... Hold on to something else. <laughs> That's called clinging. Yeah. And so what does it hold on to? It holds on to perceptions, activations, sankaras, activities, based upon sense contact, based upon preoccupations and thoughts, based upon dogmas and theories, based upon positions and status, based upon... All this kind of stuff. Basis of clinging. And so, you know, contemplate that. Hmm. You know, cling to phenomena. How does that get replaced? Say, well, let go of it. Well, yeah, but how does that happen? There's no let go Sankara. There's no activation, it does letting go. The letting go occurs through a sense of mindfulness, deep attention. This presence of awareness begins to provide the kind of firmness and stability that the citta needs as it finds this superior Calmer, steadier, firmness and presence—it begins to relinquish the others. Hmm. Letting go, you know. So as you grow up, letting go of the teddy bear. Very difficult when you're two years old. Time you're ten, you know, teddy bear. If you want a bike. You know, if I get a good bike, I'll be happy. Bike, well, yeah. So many years, want a car. <laughs> you didn't find it a problem to let go of your teddy bear when you're 25 years old. my <laughs> <laughs> hope. But you get people who are compulsive, accumulators. This is another kind of social phenomenon of witnessing. People who just cannot let go of anything because it... Have a house full of junk, and the only thing they know what to do is to buy more stuff to fill it up because that's it's a reflex to give security. I've got stuff. Yeah. most people are not in that difficult state. So you let go of your teddy bear, get a pair of roller skates. Let go of those. Get a bike. Let go of those. Get a car. Get a job. Get a partner. Get house. Get da 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 da. So, you know, because you, you think this is better, this is, more, this is superior. Therefore, the other thing fades out. Well, it's kind of the process of um, cultivation. You find, oh, this is superior. This firmness, self-respect, is steadiness of mind, firms up. Whereas that clinging stuff feels kind of agitated and compulsive and you're to track it without blame and accusation. It's like you're weaning. Actually, a hassle I get into over bagels, I'd sooner just let whatever food comes in be what it is. It's just more comfortable that way. <laughs> you know? So this is how this kind of simple model of how relinquishment happens through deep attention. And then, of course, you know, we're looking at much more vast array of clingables, people, events, prospects of the future, uh, hopes, worries, views, dogmas, religions, politics football teams and so on and so on and so on, clinging, yeah. you just notice the clamping and then the tension and the agitation that occurs around it, actually this feels better. Hmm. <laughs> the point is they you get the idea is that it often takes time for the Chitta to really get it. You know, because the old models, are teddy bears that we were used to carrying around for five years or so, they're still sort of, you know, you get used to it. What am I do that for? What am I holding on to that opinion for? That died. What am I holding on to that argument for that died five years ago didn't it <laughs> you know because it just it's like you, you pick up furniture so just you know we had to review one's one's in intimate environment so that yeah ten years ago that was but it's not it's finished it's over and uh, look now Handle lightly, handle things lightly. Perceptions, views, hopes, wishes, handle it lightly. Because the most important thing is to free, liberate. This is actually really quite um, beautiful because that freeing up allows room for new growth. Uh, Growth of clarity, growth of wisdom, growth of compassion, and growth of steadiness. Really beautiful qualities that are rare to find, you know. And sometimes, you know, it can feel a little bit difficult to let go of things because, you know, you're fond of it, you like it, you're used to it. Just take your time, take your time, you know. Everything in our lives here is. I we're trying to align it to supporting presence, awareness. Routines do that for you. Good. Then stay with that. Hmm. Reading things do that for you. Fine. Stay with that. There's a point at which you think that's. Uh, I think enough now. Yeah. Less. Less. Hmm is really recognising the power of this uh, reflex and behind it, the craving for identity, craving for certainty, craving for security, craving for pleasant feeling in the future. I will be okay, I'll get the pleasant feeling, I'll be accepted, I'll be liked, I'll be comfortable, I'll have my stuff together. These are not unreasonable sources of craving. And their reflexes, you know, particularly things like security, very powerful reflex. Hmm. Powerful reflex. So it's actually where is a security that you don't need to cling to? And this is, again, reminding oneself the Buddha talked about Nibbāna as being secure, the Kema, you know, the island, the refuge, the secure place. More deeply and profoundly secure than many the other things we try to make secure. Well, it's just learning. So that the point of Tanha is it's it's insatiable and it's unquenchable. So, whatever it moves on to, by its nature, the theme of craving is, if I get, I will be. If I get that, I will be. So it's always projecting, if I don't get, I will be. If I don't get, I won't be. If I do get, I will be. It's always projecting into a future, that future's three minutes away. <laughs> so it's not secure, is it? It's leaning over. It's toppling over into, you know, and when I get that, up, but no, you won't, because craving, once you get to that position, it will say, oh, and then, <laughs> and then a little bit, and how do I keep this going? So it's a, it's a kind of self defeating mechanism because itself is innately insecure and unstable. <laughs> Leaning over, trying to find the unle- unleaning. It's impossible. But by and large, we don't know anything else but. And so, you know, turning, turning the citta, turning the citta. This presence, this knowingness, this as that becomes more available. So then, then the uh, you know the chitta sees through the illusion of craving, dispassion ceasing. So these are reflections, but the important thing for each and every one of us is to have realisation. And this process of realisation, as I suggested, as the Buddha suggests, it doesn't just, sometimes you get a flash, but mostly it's just drip, 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 building up, building up, building up, presence, awareness, careful consideration, mindfulness and draining, draining, draining the stress, draining the habit, draining the reflex, draining the opinions, draining the compulsive, draining the I am. It's a slow draining and a slow filling up. But this is sublime, this is peaceful, this is the best. Um, This is what we have an opportunity to do. complete fulfilment of a human being, human life, then make an effort with friendliness. Mm. Make an effort with a friendly, warm-hearted mm. attitude.